Hello and welcome to SME TV. This is our news and views show. I'm your host, Angela Vithulkas. Today's segment is our think tank and I'm asking our brains trust experts to look at the COVID-19 road to recovery and making an impact. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can support us and all SMEs by liking, sharing, and if you like, you can comment as well. Now, let's make an impact. Yes, there is a global pandemic. And yes, as part of dealing with the health crisis, we were told to look at the economy taking a six month hibernation hiatus, if you will. Now the government is talking about us getting into gear to make a plan for our recovery phase. And we're all very glad to be hearing this. Joining me today in our News and Views think tank is Trina Blair, CEO of FD Global Connections. Welcome, Trina. Thanks, Angela. And Aoife O'Connell, Director of Yarnley AI. Welcome, Aoife. Thank you. And Louisa Sijabat, Director at Vincent's. Welcome, Louisa. Welcome, Angela. Now, Trina, I, I want to start with you. Uh, your business is all about business growth, scaling up, and in particular, taking businesses global. Disrupt or be disrupted is part of your mantra. Is now a good time for SMEs to consider as part of their road to recovery and making a global impact? Is, is this the time to disrupt or be disrupted and just go overseas? Actually, it is. Um, Angela, I, I, and I'm talking to clients at the moment that are disrupting and are also being disrupted, but really thinking differently about their business models. They're looking at the assets they have in their business, they're looking at what they can pivot with if they need to pivot. But there are also clients that I've got that are scaling internationally. So you don't, it's not a matter of uh, letting the global pandemic, if you will, stand in your way. So you've got a, a business that meets the criteria because I know having looked at the information that's on your website, obviously if you're going to go global, you need to have a functioning, existing, profitable model and that you can afford to actually scale up overseas in some way. You you have dual paths though. You help overseas businesses uh, jetpack into Australia and then you do the reverse experience as well. So what you're saying is that if you are in a position where you are financially viable and a business that has a product or a service that is good for scaling global, this is a good time. Don't let the pandemic stand in your way. That's exactly right. What I work with, um, what, what I recommend to clients is that they do their scalability assessment as they would normally do. So what does that mean? At the moment with COVID, what they must do is ensure that they do the full risk assessment on their business in, in a microscopic way than what they would have done previously COVID. And once they've done that risk assessment and their scalability assessment, they can really dig down on where are the risks in their business and be yep. able to address those. Um, and and, and in terms of their budgets, clearly they need to keep an eye on cash. Cash is king. Investors are really pulling back at the moment, particularly yeah. stage investors. So getting investment to scale at the moment is really challenging. So I'm, I'm going to jump in there um, because th this is the whole point of evaluating your own assets and what you've got in order to to scale in any way or grow or disrupt or be disrupted. It's really making sure that your assets are able to do that. If, uh, if we look at global impact and making an impact and going off the back of what Trina's just been saying, artificial intelligence is a ripe asset to have in order to scale cost effectively. 
Absolutely. And um, I think the last 12 to 18 months, it's really bolted out of the gates for it to be accessible for small to medium businesses. Yep. And it's not necessarily a large corporate um, opportunity any longer. Uh, I suppose we help leverage uh, the power of messaging and mobile. And I suppose the power of making an impact is essentially everyone has a mobile device in their back pocket. So you can communicate directly to that user, that consumer about your product, your service at scale. Yeah. And, and just the road to recovery is certainly, it's not business as usual. So you can't do marketing service or sales as usual. That's right. So, and Trina, I'm going to come back to you to, to look at this a little bit closer, but but Louisa, in your role as, as uh, director at Vincent's, you know, protecting yourself financially is also should be part of assessing your assets and, and whether you are actually ready to disrupt or be disrupted. Not that you have a choice in disrupting or being disrupted, but that you need to protect yourself if you are going to take a little bit of risk as, as Trina's alluded to. Absolutely, Angela. And the reason for that is growth is fantastic. Looking into the future, looking at the opportunities. These are all things that business people have to do. Um, one of the other things that business people are highly recommended to do, which is far less glamorous, is make sure that they're capping any downside. Yep. And that's where the risk mitigation comes in because and, it's a and great protection. Yep. Absolutely. And protection. And part of that is asset protection, risk mitigation, and um, all these things which aren't as glamorous as um, uh, uh, launching in a new country or launching a new business line or launching a new business. They may not be, yeah. They're not, they're not pretty, but they at are the heart so of crucial. It, all, all three of you have said now in the first few minutes of the show, risk mitigation, assessing your assets, making calculated moves, what to use and have or get uh, that would allow you to protect yourself but also scale up. There, there has to be another way. And this global pandemic is really making us look deeper into what we've got as opposed to Trina, as you said, the, the venture capitalists out there, the angel investors, they're scared. If they've got money, they, they might actually want to hang on to it for a little bit of time. Aoife, if we look at your company, Yarnly, and you look at chatbots, uh, your experts in conversational marketing, if SMEs are planning and building their road to recovery and they want to make the impact that we're talking about today, are they going to need to review their approach to engagement? And we've had this conversation off air before with approach to engagement and what about what kind of tools they should use to make sure that they are engaging because if they follow this link which I'm, I'm hoping our viewers and our listeners can see if mm -hmm. you're going to Trina and you're going to launch globally because that will expand your market because your market suddenly shrunk you know you've got to protect yourself as Louisa has said but notwithstanding the creative part of that is making sure that you're engaging and connecting. Yeah. Um, a couple of points to just touch on, I, I guess right now from a small to medium business offline is currently online. Um, and I think the industrial revolution 4.0 of what we're changing in the digital world has just yep. been escalated. It hasn't, it has been coming. It is coming and it is here. It's just escalating probably from a offline current business model to now catapult into the digital world. Um, coming to your point of consumer and communication, um, it's very important to, I think the whole sales cycles and how brands have positioned themselves previously from that transactional perspective yep. has changed anyway, because you have to have a community to have a brand to then like, no trust, and then actually, you know, secure that loyal customer. Retention is incredibly important as well. Um, from a messaging perspective, uh, really the ball... Uh, 
I guess the challenge that we have here is not necessarily from the offline to online. It's more about the education piece and what is available to the small to medium business community now. Yeah. Um, last 12 to 18 months the technology stack has bolted out of the gates that is now accessible and available really like we can build bots from ten dollars a month us you know this is not big business stuff anymore but i guess the knowledge factor and the the ability for um, offline services for instance to know what they need to do now to be able to capitalize later because it's going to be noisy it's going to start escalating Facebook essentially if you are marketing in the digital social ecosystem it's yep. it's really on sale now so when um, those ads to position yourself coming out of this the messaging is going to be noisy so you have to get the tactics to communicate one-on-one with your you know, offline community, but online. Because the last time I, you know, I bought a coffee, the barista didn't ask me for my email address. So how do we find that, right? And how- he might have asked you for your telephone number, but not your email address. Um, <laughs> Trina, you've, you've uh, launched businesses globally, America to Australia, Australia to America, um, the hotspot and my, one of my favourite cities in the whole world, New York. Is, it, how do you, is there such a thing as being too small a business before you launch or go global? Uh, great question. Look, I do think there is in terms of if you're a, a revenue, strong revenue, um, then then no in terms of staff numbers. But what you have to make sure is you've got the capacity to support a global business. And capacity could mean anything from sales teams, it could mean support teams, it could mean developers. So as long as you've got those fundamentals in place, I don't think you can put a number on right. the size of the business. So if, if you're a one-man band, so to speak, and even if you are doing outstandingly well in something, if you don't have the capacity of some kind of framework to support a global launch of something, then that would be the definition of not being ready. It would be really difficult to support the business moving forward if you were only a solo entrepreneur, if you like. Without, yeah, without the capacity. It's, it's, it's um, interesting that it's not a dollar value. It's the capacity to be able to, to yeah. go global. Yeah, clearly you need the budget. Um, and every business is different in terms of what the budget is, whether yep. they're an e-commerce business versus a bricks and clicks business, yep. uh, which might be in a, a retail. Um, but it's mostly being about to build your brand internationally and then supporting that brand. So if you've that's got, well. yep. yeah, exactly. And so that's what I mean by having the capability to support the business internationally. If you don't have a, a strong customer service or operations team supporting your brand internationally, it's just a crash and burn. Yeah, it's a it's a waste of time when it could have succeeded, but you didn't have that other bit coming in. Um, Aoife, I'm going to come back to you on how scaling or making an impact at a time when it's disrupt or be disrupted and how business owners need to look at their business in a different way when they're streamlining. So I'm going to come back to you on that because chatbots and artificial intelligence is obviously a way of streamlining and, and removing the, the dog work of what might be in a business to free them up to actually produce their services. But um, Louisa, as a director of Vincent's and your firm is national, uh, you lead the Sydney team around insolvency and reconstruction. There could be some hard lessons for SMEs to face coming out of hibernation. Now, sensible advice is your superpower. How can SMEs make an impact if they are also facing the toughest financial time through no fault of their own? Because we know that stats, stats and data are showing now that when we've come out of this hibernation and we start to come back to the new norm, 
some of us won't make it. We just won't make it. That, that's a great question, Angela, because I think that's a question that is on a lot of small business owners' minds. Um, what if I don't make it? Can I make it? What can I do? This wasn't my fault. And it's one of those times where for so many businesses, it just genuinely isn't their fault. Yep. In saying what can small businesses do, the business environment has always been a place where some things are outside of our control as yep. business owners. Yes, that has e.g. COVID-19. Yep. Exactly. That has just been amplified recently. But even without something like COVID-19, there are always some factors that are outside of business owners' control. We've just seen that really brought into the forefront of people's focus right now. Having said that, we can't control what we can't control, but we can control what we can control. So the things that we can control are good, solid um, money management looking at what opportunities are available to us, which, you know, Trina and Eva have talked a little bit about. These things have always been within our control and they still are. So in particular, what I will mention is say good, solid cash flow planning. Um, as an SME business, it's so easy um, to get caught up in the doing of the delivery of the services because that's what we do. Um, and that's often the bit we enjoy and why we're in that particular business. Um, However, it is definitely time, if you haven't already, to pull out that um, uh, profit and loss statement, have a look down it, have a look down the bank statements, and actually have a written cash flow plan. I, I uh, think any, any SME that's ever skated on thin ice around cash flow develops this very healthy attitude to, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to eat dessert first. I, I really want to start at the beginning because you work yeah. out that success in your business means that financial security. Absolutely. You know, if you if you want to invest in AI and be able to scale and launch globally, you've got to have your cash, cash flow. So you, you, you're right. This is sensible advice for people, for SMEs. <laughs> That's right. And sometimes it's not so much what the plan says, but that you have a plan that takes a lot of the stress out of operating the business. Yep. Make a plan. Yeah. And there's a difference there, Louisa, of a business plan as opposed to have a plan around your cash flow. Yes, a cash flow plan specifically, yeah. one that's probably on Excel. You might need to involve your accountant if you really don't enjoy doing the numbers or you feel you don't understand them very well. And that's so fine if you need to. Um, that help is there for that reason. Trina, do you think um, business owners, and because you've dealt with so many of them who come to you and say, I want to launch globally, do you think some of them aren't in touch enough with the cash situation of their business is yep. that is that a common kind of you know denial if I don't think about it and I don't talk about it it's okay uh it's not so much they don't think about it but it's more that they underestimate the cost of going global and so when I work with businesses on developing their budget I do ask them for their budget originally um, I will always increase their budget they're always too conservative um, so well, up well, we want a lot of things for nothing, Trina. We, don't, we want it to cost zero. That's it. Then all of it's profit, right? Yeah, that, no, absolutely. I get that. But getting business insurance in the US is very expensive and you need to have it, right? So doing, do, so doing business overseas, number one, is very different to doing business in Australia. Yes. Right. So that's why we probably, yeah, you, you need to have that little box. Now, here's all the things that you thought you knew. Now, here's all the things you need to know. You need yep. to know. Exactly. So they're underestimating. 
They're underestimating. Yes, yes, definitely underestimating. Um, and also, you know, putting somebody on the ground in the US is very expensive or anywhere around the world. Um, and so all of these costs add up, which often business leaders, if they've not worked over there, if they've not lived over there previously, don't understand the cost of doing business. And they yep. are basing their budgets on the Australian model. Uh, and the Australian market. And uh, it, it's it's a good way to start, but it's not the end point. So if uh, putting to one side, whether you've gone, whether you want to go global or not, let's say you're just local and you're happy to stay in Australia, like me, feet firmly planted on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and I might be thinking that AI and uh, chatbot technology is something completely outside my reach. I don't understand it. And it's going to be a cold kind of process, not the genuine interacting process that I want? How can this possibly be part of my business plan? That's actually not true, right? No, I think there's a misconception. And I think it kind of comes back to this, the awareness um, of, of the current state, just to like, I suppose, in general terms, AI is the evolution of how people are communicating with the devices in our back pocket that every accessibility to. Um, I think touching on a couple of points earlier, just to make a, a point on that, is that this has been coming for a very long time, COVID related or not. Um, the small, medium businesses, um, you know, your coffee shop, your mom and dad store, yeah. are go were going to be disrupted, but they were just going to do it a bit, a bit more of a slow death rather than this real band-aid rip off and now you've government assistance. So um, it, it has been coming. I suppose from an AI perspective, I mean, it, it sounds all, you know, very uh, bells. It sounds futuristic. Yeah. It does sound futuristic, but it, but it's not. It's, it's not only here. It's evolved to being affordable and, and it's evolved to being something you have to have, really, and, if and you're looking at the interaction. Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when you're looking at it from just even spreading yourself thin and what can you automate, it's it's really more using the digital environment to help support your offline or online store. So it's yeah. like automating the mundane so you can create better human experiences. And that's the most important thing. Humans are not going to get retired. They're needed more so than ever. It's just we're actually removing that um, meaningless, mindless, um, dotting I's, crossing T's when you can actually just automate that little structure. So um, that's how we're being able to communicate. And also our economy, we're a demand generation now. Yep. You know, that is not going away because our kids might two and a half year old speaks to Suri, you know, like this is, this is just coming on and on. So my, my three-year-old niece was speaking with an English accent because she was watching Peppa Pig on YouTube and it's, it's forever going to There's be, where did that come from? Yep expectation that comes immediately um, meeting people where they are already having conversations. So when we say AI, artificial intelligence, there's the, the beasts that are Facebook and social yes. media giants are using the technology to automate and able um, you know, brands like our, our and service industries like ourselves to use that. We don't necessarily need to look under the hood and understand what AI is, but we just need to understand the capability. So for instance, well, I, took, I took your chatbot uh, on Messenger for a ride last night. Um, and as I was talking to it, it was starting to get a bit friendly with me. I, I have to say, Aoife, it was starting to get a bit, bit, bit friendly. Can I call you Angela or would you like another pet name? And I kind of went, hot, hot woman. Uh, what, what, what could I come up with here? And, and immediately I was suddenly in this like little fantasy world of, oh my God, can it see me? 
So, but this is how you want to, to interact. If you are, and specifically, and, and I'm just looking at the time here and I'm, I am going to have to wrap up, but I'm going to come back to all of you with last thoughts on road to recovery and making an impact. If we are planning for our recovery, Aoife, if in fact we are doing that and we, we have to, so we, we can take a breath now, we can use the opportunity for the, the time that we've got up our sleeves, maybe, maybe not, to reassess and assess our plan moving forward and, and what that includes. And as Trina said, you know, if you need to consider your costs of moving forward, great, assess them. Louise has been saying, you know, be careful, protect yourself, evaluate, count your money. And Aoife, you're saying, you know, there's ways of streamlining, expanding your business that's cost effective. So if you're building this connection with a chatbot and artificial intelligence, what you're saying, Aoife, is, it's not that the humans are out of the picture. We need the humans. The humans are okay. You're still here. Don't worry about it. But you've got to expand in that way. You, yeah. You have to adapt and adopt. But, yeah, absolutely. I think to make the impact. Be to your benefit. Um, if you don't get it, will surpass you if you don't. Yep. There's two elements that you can actually tangibly do now while we're in kind of a pause mode. And, right. We are in a pause mode, yes. From a marketing, brands, people, our personalities, you have to become transparent and, and be able to communicate with your consumer of who you have currently. Use the channels that they are already on, like social and digital channels. The other element is to um, understand what information you have now. So your data, your IP, your email addresses, your phone numbers. That's the most important thing from a collateral perspective to to look at because that will only build on your strategy moving forward and actually reconnecting with those consumers when you can open the doors again. Like okay. two things that you can do now to control um, the current climate. Which you, you should be doing anyway, but if you aren't, do it now and, and move forward with it. Trina, road to recovery, making an impact particularly if you want to go global. Last thoughts? Uh, just because you can't jump on a plane and do sales internationally doesn't mean that you cannot generate sales and be successful with your scale-up. So what we can support you with is um, a growth runway where we can connect you into interim sales and business development teams. It's actually a pivot for my yep. business. Um, and, and that is supporting businesses, Australian great businesses, to go international and continue on that pathway. Louisa, you get 30 seconds. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Have a cash flow plan. I recommend weekly. Track what's coming in for money. Yep. Track what's going out. Where you can cut what's going out or defer it, um, I would generally recommend doing that. Um, even if they're little line items that feel, don't feel like much, a $50 a month subscription, these things add up over yep. time. So um, go through every line, do be brutal on your costs um, because the main thing right now is to preserve cash in your business. It gives you a better war chest and it gives you a better chance of surviving through this and coming out the other side. So you can afford to disrupt. Absolutely. And not, and not be disrupted. Thank Absolutely. you very much for the Think Tank and My Brains Trust panel. Thank you to Trina, Aoife and Louisa. I'm sure we will be talking to you soon again. Please remember, everybody, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It supports us and all SMEs 
globally and you'll find more great interviews and a lot more content that you can share and like. A huge thank you to the SMEA Association for believing in SME TV and podcasts and helping to make us a super channel. To reach us with any content ideas that you might have for future shows for our think tank and our brain trust to come, you can reach us at news at smea.org.au and of course we're all across the socials and we will be making a chatbot very soon and we're watching our cash flow and we're already global Trina thank you thanks very much everybody we will catch you next time thank you thank you